Blog Talk Radio. This is the Naked Talk with Alex Okoji. It's all about straight talk with some of the biggest global icons, leaders, entertainers, motivational speakers, authors, life coaches, relationship experts, social advocates, and extraordinary friends as they streak themselves, their experiences, and share their unfiltered thoughts about life issues. I believe in stripping the lies and empowering the mind through the freedom of expression. I'm unapologetic about being open, so I motivate my guests to tell it like it is and help my listeners build a presence of mind while finding their voice. So it's all about the best in authentic conversations with real people about real life experiences. So let's keep it unfiltered, unscripted, uncensored, and uncut. You're welcome to today's episode. Another Friday radio special on the Naked Talk with Alex Okurji. And guess what? Yes! I am so excited you're listening to the Queen of Expression, Alex Okurji. And I am coming to you live out of Lagos, Nigeria, in the heart of Africa. Yay! (laughs) Okay, you know how excited I am. I'm always excited when I say that part in the heart of Africa. And today, today is really a bumper show. I am so excited to have with me um, an amazing, amazing guest who's joining me live all the way from Los Angeles in the U.S. But I am even more excited, you know, really, really excited because I do have another very special person. And, of course, my co-host for today on the show, and she is the host of two amazing shows. Um, She hosts uh, Mission Unstoppable and Frankincense and more on the Good Radio Network. And I am so, so excited to have with me the amazing Frankie Picasso join me live 
on today's episode of The Naked Talk. Hi, Frankie. Hey, Alex. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. It's been a while. <laughs> I know. Yes. Well, it's been a while. But, you know, this feels a little weird. It does it feel a little weird that you're here? Because, um, you know, I like to do something. You know, sometimes I like to be spontaneous and just try something. And it's great to just drag you all the way from Canada to Africa to have a like really, that. really important conversation. <laughs> to have yeah, really with somebody in Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. Somebody, you know, another global uh, phenomenon. You know, she is really special all she the way awesome. in Los Angeles. But but just before we get into today's conversation, well, last uh, on Talk Wednesday, I had a very special guest, uh, Dr. Reggie Payton, who joined, joined me. Oh, sorry, it's Padin, because he's Spanish, <laughs> who joined me live all the way from Miami in Florida. And we talked about getting out of the dumpster, and that was a really, really illuminating conversation. And don't forget, if you missed any of our conversations live on the show, well, don't forget that you can catch the archived show. It's available 24-7 right here on the radio channel, and you can also listen uh, because we're syndicating all over your internet radio, and yes, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn. We're on Player FM. We're on Acast. We're on, oh my goodness, we're everywhere. We're on Pod Africa in Uganda, and of course, we're on the Good Radio Network in Canada. Yay! Yay! <laughs> well, um, <laughs> But just before we get into that conversation today, um, now living in a more and more desensitized world, today's guest is a global professional that has dared to live life with all her might. Born in Pakistan and adopted into a Dutch family at the age of three, she understands what it is to not fit in and to deal with all forms of intolerance and adversity. Now, it is these experiences that have propelled her in life and guided her journey, her journey of self-acceptance and helping others bring back kindness to the world. Now, I am so, so honored and excited to have. Um, she is an international activist and what I wanted, what I'd like to call a global voice for the kindness movement, right? She is also an acclaimed author and a speaker. I'm so honored to have the beautiful Gabriella Von Ray, who's joining me live all the way from Los Angeles in California. Hi, Gabriella. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me. I, I'm honored to be on your show all the way in Nigeria, where I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and we can't wait for you to come to Nigeria very soon. That would be really exciting. I but I need to ask you. Yeah, I need to ask you this. This though, I hope I got your last name correctly. And I always want to. You know, I get a whole pass. I'm African, so I have an accent. So um, if I don't say it correctly, beautifully. No, beautifully. Ah, Von Ray. It's pronounced like a ray of sunshine, but when you see it written R I J, most people here in North America say Rigi. Oh. I usually don't even turn my head because I don't know what it is. But it's a difficult <laughs> Dutch last name, that's for sure. Oh, wow. Well, we're very excited to have you here joining us and just to be here with you and to be here with the awesome Frankie Picasso all the way from Canada. This is really yep. amazing. And I know that we're going to have a very great conversation. Um, okay. But, you know, and this is this is the home for real, authentic conversation. We keep it real on the show. Okay. And it's really all about great conversation. And, um, you know, the listeners can call in and join the conversation if they want to and contribute. But um, I know we're going to have a great talk, and, and there's something that's very 
um, important to you. Uh, but just before we go into that, who would you say Gabriella really is? I mean, you know, take us a little bit into your, your work, because I know that you have different, um, should I say, I don't want to say facets of you, but they're, you know, different people will have different um, opinions about who they think you are. But who would you say you really are? How would you describe yourself? I would describe myself as a really passionate human being. I'm passionate about people. And I would describe myself as a little bit mischievous. I like to get into trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Life life has to be lived, you know. It really, really does. And kindness, because I just, you know, when I see someone, you know, that just looks slightly sad or unhappy, I always think, Wow, you know, what is that person going through? That what what is the mm-hmm. way that they're actually saying? And I'm one of those people that thinks about that. You know, in a restaurant when people are at a table because they're celebrating a anniversary or a wedding or something, I'm always that person that mm-hmm. jumps out of my chair even if I've just been drinking soup and it goes all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and I jump up and I go to that table and I said that looks like such a complicated selfie. Shall I take it? And people always look at me and they go, thank you. I notice stuff like that. So I, I guess I'm very aware and very present. Maybe that's the way I would describe myself. I'm present, I'm aware, and I'm passionate. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> present, aware, and passionate. Frankie, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you probably know a little bit about <laughs> getting into trouble i mean she says life must be lived but um i mean we're living in a world that not that many people are as passionate or uh, aware you know or aware of you know just the people around them and the things that are happening it's true but you know the one thing that that came up for me what gabrielle said was kindness because when when I wrote down my top five values, kindness was one of those values. And so it's something that not everybody mm-hmm. thinks about what their values are. But, you know, that's as a coach, that's the very first thing I work with with people is what are your values? Because when you live in alignment with your values, you're happy. And Gabriella sounds very happy because she lives totally in alignment with mm-hmm. her values. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I, I, <laughs> like walking the talk. We, my phone call before this radio show. Mm-hmm. The, the said, how come so many people don't walk their talk? And mm-hmm. I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because it seems so so silly not to. How can you say one thing and then go out and do something totally different? It makes no sense to me. Well, I could say something. I don't know if I should. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> Well, the first thing that came to mind oh, when you said that was, was Christians who go out and, and, you know, spread the love of Jesus, but don't act like Christians to one another, right? Oh. They don't, they're not kind to one another. I love what you just said, because what comes up for me when I say that is, you know, conformity. Mm-hmm. My mother would say, my adoptive mother would say, yes, I love you, but. Uh, the but. This, this and this mm-hmm. little Gabriella. I don't know who taught you this in Pakistan, but you have to do it here. Otherwise, we won't love you. And, and that's odd. Oh my it's odd. It's odd to be, see, 
I'm going to say something really weird, but I'm just going to throw it out there because I believe that this is not from a standpoint of an adoptee. I think if we mm-hmm. we kind of go back um, a couple of years, mm-hmm. maybe you two remember something like that in your own life, which is, mm-hmm. you know, conformity is, is nobody knows that there's something wrong with you, right? I'm a four-year-old, vibrant mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm being told there's actually something wrong with me if I don't do what the other person tells me. And that is such a strange phenomena to me that we would, you know, it's, it's the same relationship between men and women or any love pair. You say, I'm going to love you, but don't forget, don't embarrass me tonight. Gabrielle, it goes wider than mm-hmm. that. I think what it, what it is, is, is it's the socialization of self. It's, it's, you know, we're socialized from the time we're little children that, you know, good boys do this and good girls do this and you grow up and this is how you have to behave in public and this is what mommy and daddy expect and this is what the schools expect and you get wrapped on the hands if you don't act that way. So it's really yep. the socialization of self. It's not even just in the... I love yeah. that. Super. Thank you. I'm writing it down. <laughs> You know, well, you know what, Gabriella, and I know that we have so much to talk about. Now, I was going to say this because I'm sure that the listeners, I did send out a message before we got on the show, and people were asking me questions that I don't have answers to, but I kind of want to get oh. them out from you. So, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, what was it really? Let's take us a little back. You know, I mean, this is not a little back. This is a couple of years, but take us back to what it really felt like. And I know you just started hinting on that while we were talking, but what it felt like mm-hmm. growing up. Uh, not just you know as an adopt you know as an adopted you know ch- um, child, but what it felt like growing up in a multicultural home, because there you are you know this little child all the way from Pakistan, and then you end up in Holland. Can, can and, I just you ask know, before she you know, does so that, Alex? Did do you remember Pakistan before you came with your adopted parents? I, I remember people. Okay. Not necessarily the orphanage. I remember always being cold. Okay. And eating my food as fast as I could because I suppose someone was going to take, take it. it. Okay. And okay. to tell you the truth, I still eat as fast as I can. My kids do that <laughs> still today. <laughs> I still do that today. So there's a, here you go. The international activist still eats really fast. <laughs> <just> today. <laughs> so, um, yes, I remember here and there things. And the funny part is the older I get, the more I remember. Oh, interesting. And I've done some hypnotherapy mm-hmm. with my first book mm-hmm. because it was really, really useful. And I never knew how hypnotherapy works, but it, it works by, by, by moments, you know, meaning um, mm-hmm. something happens and then, oh, yeah, and then, oh, yeah. And so it was over a whole year period that that hypnotherapy felt like it worked. You know, like things coming back. So I it thought that was up. interesting. And maybe also, yes, thank you for saying that, bottled up. And also because the first book with All My Might brought it all to the surface. So for me, mm-hmm. for your viewers, sorry, listeners, I think one of the most important things that I need to say first, it was 1966. Mm-hmm. So 1966 mm-hmm. was a climate in the EU at that moment where um, there was no one that looked like me. There was no one with a brown color skin. So Not even in England? 
maybe in England, but I wasn't in England. You're in the Netherlands. I was in Luxembourg. Oh, Luxembourg. My parents lived in Luxembourg. So I moved from Luxembourg to uh, Belgium. But in Luxembourg, the first two years in Luxembourg, actually a year and a half, my parents lived there. There was nobody that looked like me. And I give you a silly example, but it's going to make you understand this really well. First year elementary school, uh, we're living in Brussels already, Brussels, Belgium. And I sit on the first row, and this is why I'm saying I'm a little bit mischievous, or maybe a lot, <laughs> depends mm-hmm. what you think after the conversation, is I say to the teacher, you know, she said, anyone um, want to say something before the class starts? And I'm very vocal, uh, hasn't changed, obviously. <laughs> and I said to her, um, well, if it doesn't bother you, I would like to uh, ask you this question. May I sit at the back of the classroom? And she said, why? And I said, because I could have a little bit more fun in that. <laughs> and I said it so spontaneously that that teacher looked at me and like, she probably thought this kid is nuts, right? But this is how I am. I really, I think out loud what I think, mm. you know, so I said it. Uh-huh. So I I didn't see any problem in saying it either because it looked like a lot of fun back there. And then I said, and I like that girl. <laughs> and, um, and then she looked at me and she said, you have to sit here because you're really short. And I go, I know, I know. And she said, then you wear glasses. And I said, you know, I wear the glasses so I can see really well. <laughs> so I'll see really hunky-dory back there. And she really, by this time, she thinks I'm just this impolite kid, right? But I wasn't. I was just being really. Yeah, really. I, 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 yeah, I thought the glasses were for seeing better, right? Don't forget, this is what my parents told me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I, I ruined it. I ruined the relationship the whole year because I, my family might have been diplomatic, but not me. And so I add to it. And, you know, I really don't want to sit next to this girl. And then, and then they all look at me and they go, why not? And I go, well, because she's my cousin. And if I do something wrong, she'll tell her mom. Her mom will tell my mom. And that's too close for comfort. <laughs> You're too funny. <laughs> and, and I stare at this teacher like I, I rest my case, right? I feel like. Have been a lawyer, Justice right? could be done. Yeah. I felt so proud of that whole sentence, and I said it probably too loud and too passionate. And she looked at me and she said, "Out, liars, out!" <gasps> wow! I oh, wow! Stomped my that was foot a big jump. Oh yeah, I stomped my foot on the ground and I said, "I don't lie. Ask her. She's my cousin." And I look at her, and she's a goody two-shoe, and of course she didn't protect me. And I looked at her like eyes that could kill, and I said to her, I'll have you later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I left the class, and then, of course, my dad was called, and then because I insisted all day long that I didn't lie. Mm-hmm. So they got madder and madder at me. And, you know, and, of course, I started off at the wrong foot here. So, but this is what I'm trying to to, to explain, I am so passionate about this conformity thing because all she had to do was listen. Just, I mm-hmm. always teach, get that one breath back 
it's not about you. So little Gabriella got upset, but it wasn't about the teacher. It was about the unfairness. So step back, let the person at least finish. And then she would have heard the word adoption because I would, I I was about to say I'm adopted, but liar got me, got me totally. Yeah. And, and then what do you do? You jump to the defense. Mm-hmm. And that is what most of us do. We live our life on the fence, trying to defend our actions and our passions, which is not needed because all we need to do is take a step back and say, this teacher has nothing really to do with me. Just go with the flow, Gabriela. But I wasn't that smart at that six-year-old. Couldn't do that, right? So the six-year-old. But your teacher had never was, met your parents? No. But, you so know, I guess she just felt, I mean, no, I yeah, was just thinking ahead. about what you said. No, I was just really thinking about what you said because I kind of got it because you don't look anything like the girl you said was your sister. So cousin. <laughs> just cousin. Did, you just know, did, oh, sorry, cousin. Even at that, like, I mean, in like, you know, in Africa, when you say someone is your, I mean, you're related by blood. So somehow mm-hmm. there is a semblance and there's obviously a difference between, you know, in terms of their race or, you know, physically is a physical difference. And so, but like you said, she wasn't listening. So um, she just jumped to her own conclusion and thought you needed to be punished for lying. So I guess we all make, I mean, who would make up a story like Um, that though? Why would, why would, you know, a child make up a story? That's my cousin. And the, and the cousin just sits there without any acknowledgement or expression saying anything at all. That's crazy. She was shy, right? She's Uh, actually really a shy person. But she was shy, and she saw that the whole class was kind of looking, right? Who is mm -hmm. this outspoken? And she didn't know me that well either, right? I'm new in the family. Don't forget Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I'm new in the family. Like you say, this multicultural child from Pakistan, and the family is dealing, you know, it's one thing to want to adopt a child and to help a child, and it's one thing what the reality shows you. And I always say this, and, and, and this isn't going to sound, no matter how I say it, it's never going to sound okay. But I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> As you girls already know, uh, ladies, um, adoption comes with a price. It, mm-hmm. it, it really comes with a price. No mm-hmm. matter how big the gift of a family, I have felt all my life like I was looking in. I'm the outsider looking in mm-hmm. because in the era of this context of what I'm saying, people would not want to touch me because they thought I was dirty and they thought it could wash off, which Ugh. it didn't, obviously. So I had to learn what that meant. So this is where I'm saying to you, when I said in the beginning, you, I, all three of us, Frankie and Alex and I, we, we think when we're four, five, and six that we're perfect. Mm-hmm. What, what is, there's nothing wrong with us. We, we don't know any better because if we're lucky, we had love, right? From no, we, we, we knew the right thing back then. Now we don't know better. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I like that, by the way. <laughs> and then, um, once that goes on, I think you have to say to yourself, then when you hear all this negative stuff, like, go wash yourself, um, you you know, you liar, you this, you that, Mm -hmm. then you start to doubt yourself. And once doubt sets in, it is hard to remake your picture of self. 
I'm going to use your word, what you're saying there, because now, without me knowing, to knowing, I unconsciously have created what I call the little invisible wall mm-hmm. that people put me into a box. And I don't know yet that it's a box. I just know that I put a little layer in front, like either my head goes, well, they're stupid. I'm not. I know I'm adopted. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, <laughs> that there's an invisible layer that's being created. And it's really mm-hmm. damaging. And that is one of the reasons that I go out there with kindness because I have a huge quote that I created myself because I understand this quote. Nobody strikes another being coming from a positive place. Nobody. So the teacher struck out, struck, Mm -hmm. strike me by saying out because she wanted, she was nervous. I learned later, by the way, 18 years later, that she was a first-year teacher. She wanted to control her class immediately. She was not a teacher of 20 years yeah, she wasn't uh, comfortable in her job. So she did not know what to do. She wasn't sure if it was kidding or not kidding. Did you meet and her? She, I, I met her later, and I asked her this question. Oh, wow. And she said, you were my oh. nightmare. You were my biggest nightmare. <laughs> I did not know how to deal with you. Did she apologize I, to you? Actually, she did. Yeah. Nice. Nice. She said, I, I am sorry you spend more time in the hallway that year than anywhere else. But it went beyond and that, didn't it? Because okay. that's, that's, that's the impetus for all of everything that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But, but do you see that, that, that nobody strikes really? I really mean that. Nobody mm-hmm. strikes coming from a positive place. And, and, and I have a mm-hmm. little analogy of this, especially because we're women. Uh, you know when we have a good hair day? Mm-hmm. I'm saying on purpose. <laughs> when we have a good hair day, and let's say I walk into the office full of other women, and someone goes, well, this is Nudie Gabriella and just walked in. And then I'll go, oh, girls, who cares? I am in a good mood today. What are we up to? You know, because it just falls off your shoulder. Now, let's pretend I have a bad hair day. My hair, but it's true. My hair is greasy. I throw it in a ponytail. Not that when you see me in a ponytail, it's always greasy, by the way. <laughs> Let's just take that as an analogy. And I'm grumpy because I slept badly, right? Mm-hmm. My kid kept me up or whatever, right? My doggy, whatever. I'm grumpy. And now they say the same thing. And then I snap at them. I snap so fast that I regret the moment it's out. Mm-hmm. And if you're smart, you just say, hey, oops, sorry. I usually do. I say, hey, oops, sorry. That was uncalled for. I, I'm not mad at you. I just, no excuse. Uh, sorry, I have a problem. I didn't sleep. No excuse. Sorry. And then you just move on. But the truth is we snap. And everyone that listens knows that we do that. Mm-hmm. But we don't do it because of the real words mm-hmm. of the other person. We do it because we're not in a good place. Because when mm-hmm. someone says to me, dumb foreigner, go home, which I've heard mm-hmm. in any country, uh, to tell you the truth. So when I hear that and I'm in a positive place, I say, gosh, why did you say that? What makes you think I'm a foreigner? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's uh-huh. a whole conversation. Ten times more fun than snapping. Right. Right? Right. But yeah. we spend most of our lives snapping at the other person. We are active, reactive beings. That's all right. we're doing. That's why I wrote the third book, Action Reaction, watching our delivery, because it's unfiltered, uncensored, and totally unacceptable. So you learn to respond instead of react, which is yeah. very good. Yeah. Very good. Okay, while, okay, ladies. <laughs> okay, ladies, you know, and we're having such a great, great conversation, but how about we take, let's take a quick break, right? And we're going to come back, you know, and talk a little bit about um, your books, um, Gabriella, and, you know, I kind of really want to know a little bit about your four-step program and, and just the amazing work you've been doing with schools, you know, at schools, talking to a lot of the students and, and children basically about bullying and just basically, like you said, how to, how to respond and deal and manage uh, the situations. But how about we take, let's take a quick musical break. I feel like we need a little bit of music in this talk party. Um, and this okay. is Maybe by Peter Kelly. Peter Kelly um, was a guest on the show, and uh, we'll be back. Back, don't go anywhere. Maybe I'm someone, maybe I'm nobody special at all. A good son or somebody's best friend or invisible. Maybe I'm growing Maybe I've already passed my prime Maybe I'm looking for some place to hide What the world inside Maybe it's me Or maybe I just don't like what I see Lately, maybe the world don't like me Yeah, I wonder what they all think about me Lately, maybe the world's not for me Maybe she loves me Maybe I'm loved just for being me If not for the man that I am Then for who I try to be Maybe they're with me, yeah Maybe they're all gonna prove me wrong Maybe I'm scared I've been right all along And I'm all alone Turns round and around 
what I see lately. Maybe the world don't like me. Yeah, I wonder what they all think about me lately. And, you know, one of the most beautiful songs I've heard, is, you know, from an independent artist. And Peter was a guest on the show, has been a guest on the show twice. Um, you know, all the great, amazing singer. And, uh, yes, well, if you're just tuning in, this is still the Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. And just before we went on that little musical break, um, you know, we've been having such a great, passionate uh, conversation with my very special guest who's joining me live all the way from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and it's been such a pleasure having Gabriela Von Ray right here. And she is a global voice for the Kindness Movement, an acclaimed um, author and activist who speaks to thousands every month and has been seen by millions on, you know, all over the media. Basically, she's been featured on Dr. Phil, on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, and so many other different, uh, you know, media outlets. And if you're just tuning in, don't forget that you can be part of this conversation. Uh, you can get into the live chat room. The in-studio chat room is open. So, yes, you can leave your comments there or send me a message on WhatsApp. Or don't forget to tweet at Alex Okurji and hashtag The Naked Talk. Your comments will be read on the show. Or you can call in live. Well, you know, it's been um, just an amazing Friday radio special, and we're still having a great conversation about peeking that bowl of kindness. Um, hi, uh, Frankie. Welcome back. Hey. Frankie. Welcome back, uh, Gabriella. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, Frankie. Are you still there, Frankie? I am. I am. Yeah. Okay, I'm great. Here. I'm here. Great. I have a burning okay, sorry, question we have for to Gabriella. Take a okay. I'm sorry. I just have to know something. Okay, what is go it, for it. What's your relationship like with your parents today? Well, my mom, unfortunately, has died oh, I'm um, sorry. almost eight years ago. Well, they adopted me very late in life, so my parents are much older. My father turned 88 two days ago, and oh, wow. I have a non-existing relationship with my family, really. I wow. left um, the family at 15. Oh, did you? I, yes. It, uh, they had two biological children of their own. So when I was three, my brother was already 12, and my sister was nine. And I think, again, this was an era where nobody asked them what their thoughts were. And, again, nobody did Mm -hmm. this. So there was no counselors. There were no social workers helping or dealing with Mm -hmm. problems. So there were lots of things uh, that I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And that my mom was very, very strict about. For example, I, I tried to eat with my hands, which apparently is very much done in India and Pakistan, right. especially with the non-bread, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, only there was yes. no bread, so I did it with my fingers. <laughs> and, and so, uh, and uh, you couldn't do that at my mother's table. So I, I really wrote in the book, you know, from humble beginnings, humble meals to three-course uh, meals in Europe with cutlery, silver cutlery. I mean, the the difference was night and day. And I think people forget that that's a really hard adaptation, no matter what. But one of the things maybe that I need to tell you is my parents, on top of it, divorced. Uh, okay. So I only lived uh. in the family unit for six years. And in those times, this is now 1972, my parents divorced. Um, so you can imagine it's not very good, right? Nobody yep. heard of divorce, uh-huh. heard of adoption. <laughs> I mean, it's like, gosh. I, I was sometimes like, I thought all people lived like this, you know? And uh, apparently Did you think didn't. that they adopted you as a, as a last-ditch effort to keep their marriage together? I actually do believe that, yes. So you're like a pet. Almost. I'm a pet. But but the problem, I love that you said that because most people don't dare to say that. So, yes. And what I also <laughs> feel, and, and this I, I feel very, very strongly, is, and I wrote it in my book, it's in the first chapter, I filled every expectation within three days, two days, uh, five minutes. Uh-huh. I failed because I had a... Um, a lazy eye that was turned in, mm-hmm. um, and I had very, very short millimeter hair, so it was kind of shaven off. That's probably out of hygiene, too. Right. So I, I didn't look, mm-hmm. or, um, I probably looked like So they bit. didn't see you? They didn't come to the orphanage to pick you personally? They just said, give us that as a yeah. child? The, send us a child, but the orphanage said, and, and this is the interesting part of the story, the orphanage said, this is the one to go, period. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, the two people that helped with the passport and the papers were a British couple that I've had, that I found back at the age of 14. Can you imagine that? Mm. Not the age of internet. And I found them because I lived in Ottawa. Okay. Uh, Ottawa, Canada. Mm-hmm. And they lived in New York. And these two people, Helen and Harvey, are instrumental in the adoption. They found out that there was a couple in Holland wanting to help me and that they were going to give up on the adoption because nobody, uh, adoption is illegal in Pakistan. And mm-hmm. so for one day, they helped changed the decrees of Pakistan um, to obtain a passport, a Pakistani passport, mm-hmm. to get me up. And they never wanted to talk about it. And they both passed. Uh, but I was very, very, very close to them at the end of their lives. Okay. And that, so, the whole okay. story is in my second book. I have to ask this next question, Alex. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to ask one more question now. <laughs> Yeah, but beg, we, we don't have beg. that much time because I. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Go do you ahead. wish that you had never no, been fine. adopted? No. Do you do you do you think that you would have been happier staying in the orphanage, or being exposed to North America? What what so what I, would you have chosen? I, I'm glad. Obviously, I'm glad I'm adopted because I have a wonderful daughter. 
right? I would never redo life because I don't live like that. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that moves on, right? But if you ask me, am I an advocate of adoption? I'm only an advocate if I could speak to the parents beforehand and Mm -hmm. really educate. Mm -hmm. It's not about their wishes. It's not about the instincts that you want a child. It's Mm -hmm. not about any of these things that I hear. If you are a person that can understand that this is a human being that has its own ideas, everything. You know, when I was told you don't fit in because nobody's ever failed math, I just kind of looked at my parents and I said, but I'm adopted, right? I mean, someone Mm -hmm. in Pakistan failed math, you know? (laughs) Well, somebody in Canada failed it too. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But no, do I regret the adoption? No. The answer is no, because I have an amazing kid. However, I want to be very clear here that when on the news and on the media, when I get asked, I said poverty is not a crime. And to hear that the adoption is a good thing because I was poor is not a good answer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that I will say on any national TV station in the world, because when when they make that link, that's terrible. I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. I would rather be poor, what whatever the West calls poor, and with my family, and 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 have the knowledge of a father and a mother and maybe siblings, than mm-hmm. um, have the poverty of the way we treat families in the West. Because don't forget, I have DNA going through me too. So my kindness, my innate kindness that I always say, we all are born with innate kindness. Also, not only are we born with innate kindness, but it's also a a fingerprint that must come from my family too. Because I I am very, um, I have very humanitarian tendencies, although I was raised with a family who is like, Let's become a lawyer or a doctor, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter how good that education was, I, I could not conform to that. I, I had to go with my way, <laughs> writing books and helping people because maybe, maybe there is someone out there in Pakistan who is part of my family who maybe does the same thing, and I just don't know that. And that's DNA, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to say that. Was I lucky to get a, a fabulous education? Of course. Um, uh, doors were open. The doors are closed, too, because here you are. Um, I cannot give it to you any simpler that one day I was in this, I thought I was in a fantastic gala dress. It was black and white, and maybe I shouldn't have worn it because I realized later that all the staff was in black and white. But mm. still, this is gala dress, and someone I'm trying to find a place to put my glass of champagne, and someone comes up to me and um, gives their empty glass to me. Oh, of course. And I just kind of looked at him, and he, he kind of dismissed me and said, all Indians are made. Oh. And I, oh. I could have, could have gone really mad, but I didn't. Right. I just said, sir. I'm just one of the invitees, and I. this must mean you really don't like my draft. 
<laughs> so I made fun of it. Yeah. And I said, duly noted, this is a bad dress. Oh, uh, you got a great so sense of humor. Of yeah, I have a sense of humor. You have to. And he was embarrassed afterwards, and I, I didn't punish him for that. So I, I helped him over the embarrassment. And that I was said, kind. See, that's kindness in action. Judgment. Yeah. But you know what? Okay, I've got Gabriella. a brother who's a doctor and a, and a lawyer and an architect, and I write books, and I'm on yeah. the radio. Yeah. See, DNA doesn't always mean everything. No. I know. <laughs> I know it doesn't. I know. I do understand that. I, I do understand that. And I think, you know, families need an oddball in the family mm-hmm. just to talk about We do. So I'm a gift to them as much as they were a gift to me. Bravo. How about that? Okay, Gabriella. How yes. about we talk a little bit about your, you know, let's talk a little bit about, uh, because we also want, um, you know, the listeners to be able to take some of this and basically apply, you know, to their own lives. And, I mean, we're talking about the bull and how we can also impact, um, you know, the next person to us with a little bit of kindness, just like you did, you know, with the man at the at the gala, right? Um, but let's talk about your book. I mean, you, your second book, you have, and, and I'm very interested in that. Um, I can find my mind. Will you talk about how the bully and the victim, you know, the victim are sort of like mirror images of each other? Yeah. I mean, can you okay. just shed a little will, bit of light more on that perspective? I will do that immediately. So uh, I'm very bold in stating that a bully and a victim are mirror images, and I say this for several reasons. So the first one. And I think the viewers will like this, is that, let's be honest, we've all been mean and we've all been kind. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Mm-hmm. But the bully at school was as fearful as I, the victim. And I noticed that when we were in detention together all the time. She was actually scared of me the moment there were nobody around and there was no audience. And I was scared of my my shadow literally because she was tall and she was blonde and she was everything I was not she was a real Dutch girl and so I learned very early in life that we are mirror images and we attract each other because we were opposites she was very very tall I was very very tiny and both of us did not feel good in our skin and both of us had absolutely no self-esteem and the only difference between her and my, me is that she decided to preemptively strike and I decided to be scared and play the victim. And so for your listener out there, if you're an adult, you, you need to understand one thing. Not the whole world is out to get you. So this girl was not specifically out to get me, but she needed to feel better about her. And the only way she could mm-hmm. do that is put someone down in the group to elevate herself. Of course, this is very short-lived, the elevation. But to the extent that it's terrible for us. But then I always say, and this is really important because this is the first step of my four-step program, is instead of a bystander, become an active witness. So how can mm-hmm. you do that, all of us? Mm-hmm. Walk away. Don't be part of the momentum. When you're a bystander and you stand in a group or you're on social media and you comment too, no, that's not okay. That is being part of the problem. Walk away. 
When you walk away, the momentum stops for the bully. So then the victim mm-hmm. gets a reprieve, right? Mm-hmm. And on social media, you're going to ask me, how, how do I do that on social media, Gabriela? Because we see bad things every day, guys, with this American election going on. So how to do it on social media? Be courageous. Post, hey, I don't know who you're shouting to here, but this is not okay. Everyone is allowed to have an opinion, whether you like it or not. They're just, it's a communication, it's a talk. Let people talk. Don't be aggressive. Don't do that. Be, have an yes, and, and Right? Go ahead, please, go ahead. Yeah. I, I love if we brought back etiquette online, and if we understood that we are such mighty, I don't like to use the word power, I use the word might, like in my books, I can find my might, the might that we have to uplift the person next to us. So when you have a bully and a victim, the bystander has that power to uplift both. It is so much easier to help Alex, for example. If you ask me for something, it's so much easier for me to help you than to help myself. So when I help you own your uniqueness or be a better person by giving you a radiant smile or that little push or nudge that you just needed, that is what I'm talking about. That is that push of kindness. And by doing that, you take ownership of who you are and you go, hey, wow, I can accept who I am. She, she, she likes me too. Wow, she came out of nowhere and just encouraged me. Wow, mm-hmm. right? And then so that third step is you then go, oh, my God, I am a good person after all. <laughs> and then the last step is so easy. You will bound because you accept and you dare to step into you after my encouragement. The last point is mm-hmm. now you thrive. And if you are a happy camper, whether you're a student, whether you're 60, whether you're 30, it doesn't matter the age, you then bring kindness to everyone around you. And kindness only grows more kindness. So the last step, dare to be kind, becomes obvious. But the kaleidoscope to get there, the, 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 the Lego block is truly, I thought about this for years, the Lego blocks is, First, the bystander becomes the active witness. From the active witness, you become, you, you, you take ownership of who you are because someone stood up for you, right? And because uh-huh. you take ownership of that uniqueness, in my case, brown, short, okay, I don't look Dutch. So what? I always say it in the assembly. I'm fluffy. Who cares? Right? Let's move on. And fluffy means fat, right? Right. It's called fat. And then the third one, last but not least, but uh, the third one, sorry, not last, is uh, dare to step into you. Don't stay there in your little box. Get rid of the invisible constraints that were not only created by you, were created by your environment, and you believing it, dare to step into you by just standing straight and saying, hey, wow, this human being noticed me. I am good, period. That's all. That's all I want people to feel for one second. And then last but not least, that person one day will
will be in a situation where they see something so horrible or so sad or just a little thing of a person crossing the street and they will help because they will, that kicks in. We never forget kindness and we never refuse kindness. It is not like someone says, oh, Gabriela, let me finish my text. Um, you're really a bit interruptive here, and let me get back to you to see if I want that kindness. Nobody does that. And then, then that doesn't happen. They just look at you stunned that you are kind, that you are accepting, mm-hmm. and that you communicate open without fear. And you, I, I always mm-hmm. say, you cannot put your judgment. You cannot quit judgment. It's part of our our, 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 our our brain and the way it's wired. But we can put it aside for one second. That's all we need. That split second, put it aside, put it in your pocket, and say, who is this person? That's it. Let them talk. And there we go. And we thrive. I like it. You know, I need to take a break. You know, you know, I'm listening. <laughs> You know, I'm listening to you, and, you know, as for a lot of the listeners, and this might seem like it's so simple and it's so easy, but the truth is we live in a world that is so unkind in so many ways. I mean, it's everywhere, whether you're on social media and there are people who are just prejudiced and there are people who are judging people, and there's just so many people who are unhappy just because of just how other people who could really make an effort, you know, to treat people nicely, whether it is about, you know, it's the way to judge, you know, whether it's to deal with racism or it's to deal with their sexual orientation or whatever it is. And it's funny because, you know, we're writing a book and some of the things that you're saying, you know, I think about it. I remember reading one of the ladies, um, you know, we're doing this ontology and I remember reading one of the chapters of one of the ladies and thinking about how she truly felt about, um, being bullied, right, and, and, and experiencing mm-hmm. racism. Now, you know, those of us who have not felt it really firsthand may not really understand, you know, what that feels like, maybe in that particular setting. But you might feel that in some other way. How do you feel maybe another tribe, maybe because, you know, we're a multicultural country, or how do you feel when, you know, gender bias, right? You may not necessarily feel that because... You know, as a woman, you might have have a man tell you, you know, you're you're a whore, you're the C word or something, something, and Mm -hmm. and you get that same feeling, you know, like you're nothing. That's what we're saying, that, you know, you can feel that in so, you can feel that prejudice in so many ways, even from women. And here's, you know, you're saying something, and I really wanted to have this conversation, because it's not just, even talking about bullying, sometimes we're even thinking that, you know, the bullies are always outsiders, sometimes even in your family, right? Mm -hmm. Even with blood, you know, even the way, Mm -hmm. and you say, I know that you have this way you talk about what's your word, or, or, you know, what exactly is it called, but what's your delivery, sorry. And even the way a mother may speak to her child. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. What's your delivery? Yes. Yeah, you know, what's your delivery? You know, even the way a mother might speak to her own child, you know, especially even the African African setup, you know, or even the way people, a teacher might speak to, like you said. Um, you know, there's a lot of the fact that there is just, if we probably may, we're more aware of putting a little bit more extra effort. Like you said, it only takes one minute or one second to 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 be magnanimous in that way and, you know, treat the other person kind, you know, treat the other person in a way that they feel better about themselves. And so this mm-hmm. is a really important conversation. And I know that you have to go because we don't have that much time. Right. But, uh, you know, 
talking about just before we let you, you know, what would you say? I know you're working on several things, and you do have a dare to, uh, dare to be kind challenge. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this? And, yes, I would and love what's going to. On? I, I'm being very bold as always to still child, <laughs> and I'm going out there with a campaign starting on October 1st, which is in America and in Canada. National Bullying Prevention Month is October, and I am boldly going to do nine states, maybe more, and I've always Mm -hmm. done this, where I just go out, nothing is truly planned. I know, scary. I love it. She's one of us, Alex. (laughs) I know, I know. And I would love to find, if you're listening to this, and if you're a blogger, or if you have a station or like Alan mm-hmm. and, and Frankie both do, I would love for you guys from time to time just to let your your listeners know that I'm out there. Every, so, for example, if I can't get all the schools that I visit are for free by donation only if they want to either donate $20 or nothing or 100 or 200 mm-hmm. everything and anything is welcome on the road, of course, because I do need to put gas in, mm-hmm. in the in in the car, mm-hmm. but basically I'm going to every school, middle school and high school, and I'm giving the book I can find my mic, the children's book, a free copy in the library. Nice. That's one. Mm-hmm. Two, um, I am going into the communities talking to people. I will be recording them, and uh, the segments are all going to be called Be Heard. They need to be heard. I say that I'm Gabriela Von Rey, I'm that voice, but they need to be heard because the truth is it is about the everyday people that make up our society. And I want to know uh-huh. what they think about the ball. I want to know if they're on board with Dare to be Kind, and I want to teach them how to do it. And then last but not least, we're going to get an app out in a week, so it's not there yet. But at the moment, everyone can go to Gabriela.global backslash be a part of the action all in one word and that's my page at the moment and you will see everything I do you will see the route but if people start calling me you Mm -hmm. I promise I will deviate so if Frankie for example uh, says to me oh Gabriela but I know someone that they're in Memphis and they really need your help then I will deviate. I might not do it in that week. I might do it two weeks later, but I will come back to the school to help. Uh-huh. That Yay. is what I'm committed this to. This is amazing. This is amazing. And, and and this is, like I said, this is an initiative with my own savings account, and then I'm going to bounce the ball everywhere. And like I said, I would love to speak to the adults at night with my little book, Watch Your Delivery, so, because, like Alex said before, you know, if you learn the tricks in that book, you're first of all you're gonna laugh because I put a lot of humor into it, mm-hmm. and then not mm-hmm. a person that goes nee 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 nee. You can tell after this interview that I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do teach how <laughs> how to learn to step back. How how. What mm-hmm. is it that makes us just go, nails are out, and we go into validation. I'm going to validate who I am. Oh, my God, they, they, they think I'm not good enough. No, it's not about you. It's about them. Leave mm-hmm. it alone. Mm-hmm. Move on. 
you know, blood pressure, guys. And the the little book is so <laughs> much fun that I think people will love it. What I hope is that people will pick up the momentum, talk about it, share the hashtag. It's not a difficult ha- a hashtag there to be kind. Right. Mm-hmm. The second hashtag is kindness is kindness lifestyle. And the third hashtag is pick up the ball. Because uh, just for really fast, you know why the ball? I needed a visual. Mm-hmm. I needed a visual to say this could be you. And like Frankie said it earlier, even if you've never been bullied, this is a universal message. It's not a bully message. It's universal. Uh-huh. There is not a human being, unfortunately, that I have met that hasn't been saddened by something that has been said to them. Mm-hmm. And there is a human being that I have found that hasn't had issues about fitting into their own families. Right, Frankie? You disagreed mm-hmm. with Absolutely. And who hasn't had a problem with belonging. Right. And those are the universal words that I'm talking about, not bullying. And I please, let's start using the word instigator. The bully is an instigator. Uh-huh. bully is a nasty <laughs> We're instigators. Why? Because we're in a bad mood. Look at what our own children But do even when you're in a bad mood, Gabriella, you need to learn how to fight fair. You yes. need to learn how to fight fair. And, and there's a way to do it without calling people names that hurt, that you can't take back. You can't take it back. You can't. It's there. It's going to be there forever. I love no it. How sorry you are. And then one more thing that everyone can do, and this is, in short, the slogan of that ball. It only takes one moment, one person, one kindness to be the difference. And to be the difference is that uplifting part, right, mm-hmm. guys? Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to change. I'll tell you why. Not that I don't respect Gandhi. Of course I respect our forefathers. But... I don't believe personally that I can change. I am the same little Gabriella that I was at six that that said to that teacher very cheekily the words that I said. But I can be the difference. Do you see what I mean? It's a small nuance, but it's there. It's it's. Why do I have to change my personality? No, I, you're I not. You're not changing my... your personality. You're being the change, and being the change is walking your talk and being authentic to that talk, and that's what you're doing. Okay. So you are the change. And then one more thing of another forefather that is a big, big icon is uh, Martin Luther King, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I want to say something that's on my website. They can find us everywhere. Tolerance does not equal acceptance. And That's people true. usually, what? Very true. What? Mm-hmm. No, no. I say it was mm-hmm. great that they went after tolerance. But please, for all your listeners out there, we're beyond tolerance now. Yeah. We need acceptance. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. cannot say, I'm going to tolerate a Pakistani or a Muslim in the street. Mm-hmm. Please, guys. Everyone, every human being that's listening, we have to accept them. Uh-huh. Agreed. Agreed. You're speaking my language. Very, very <laughs> true. Thank you. And keep very talking true. about this. And, and maybe if you want to during the tour, put me back on your shows, even if it's just for 15 minutes. Yes. I, you know, I am so. You're already invited. Connected. I have <laughs> Skype. I have Mevo. I mean, we could we could do anything that you want, and I'm on board. That's how easy. 
Absolutely. The invitation is out there. The gauntlet is thrown. You can accept when you're free. Just let me know. Yay. Well, I will be with you guys. And like I said, my name is difficult, so just use the hashtag dare to be kind. You will find me everywhere. That is easier than typing Gabriella Von Ray. (laughs) And um, if if your listeners want to know something about the real uh, personal story with the adoption, that book is with all my might. It's a big book. Oh, and I Can Find My Might is the first part is my life. The second part in the book is why I started listening to the children. Why did I start listening? What is it that provoked in me to start listening? And unfortunately, it is because a seven-year-old boy, I heard it on the news while in Canada, committed suicide by hanging. Mm -hmm. And I stopped cooking. I took the food off, and I just turned my head, and I couldn't believe it. And I called the station. I, I I just thought it couldn't be true. You know, how can a seven year old do that? How, how, who taught him? What, what, what insane world do we live in? That's kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. And then when they said it was mm-hmm. all true, I, I tried to get to the parents. And I said, I promise you, I will never talk about this. But what you give me is, is enough planted in my brain to make people understand what if this is their child. Uh-huh. Then will you will you actually start caring? Because why do I have to? And I always say Johnny, and I don't mean any disrespect, but it's just an easy name. Why would anyone want to <laughs> care about Johnny? And so I wrote in the book Johnny. Actually, in the book I wrote Patrick. Patrick, I am truly listening. Not because I'm a mother. I'm listening because you were a human being and nobody listened. And then the last part of uh-huh. that book, it's a shorter book, it's 100 pages, the last, or 150, the last part of that book is every single child that I meet during assemblies, what is it in them that makes them feel so desperate that they can't hack school anymore? What makes them just want to give up? And not just on life, but give up on themselves. What what makes them just wow? It just it breaks my heart when I go out there. What I hear, so I wrote it in the book in the hope that the child that feels so alone would read about themselves, right? And go, oh my God, I could do this, this, and this. And the the teacher goes, oh my God, this is how I can help Johnny. And that the parent said, oh my God, this is my Mary. She's writing about my child. I know what to do now. So that's a little bit why I wrote that book. There you go. You know, this has been this is so amazing, Gabriella, and I know that we have to let you go. But it looks like we're going to have to have a part two of this conversation. Mm-hmm. That's for sure because oh. there's so much. So you know my manag- so much that I. <laughs> my manager is in what did tears you say? because she's li- my manager, Bobby. She's crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is she She's crying? crying. <laughs> she she gets to meet Hi, these children. Hello. Oh. <laughs> she, she meets these Hi, children. Hi, Bobby. Oh my goodness. It... And and she oh, knows you know, maybe how, the next. How... Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I was just saying that. Maybe... I 
was just saying that, you know what, maybe the next time we could get Bobby to join in the conversation, because obviously, oh, like you said, you know, it. she misses. She she meets these children. She's on you know on the trail with you, so she knows firsthand, you know how much what you're doing is affecting them. And we need to because I watch. I have a little son. I have a six year old, and I watch him. Sometimes even you know I have like you know the. I have people like so sometimes it's you know we in Africa it's almost like you have to take everything by force and sometimes I see the way they speak to him and I say don't talk to him like that like just because he's six you know he's a child you don't need to bully him like if you want to make him do something or you want something for him it's okay for you to be polite right because he's like I would yep. tell him you know Ray could you please do this for me can you please you know can I can you please help me with that and when he does I'm like thank you you're my PADDY and you know we'll have a great come and I show him respect irrespective perspective but you see that you know even as adults you know we there's there's an attitude that we have even when I'm on set filming I look at the little children cast and how other Mm -hmm. actors treat them they look at them as Mm -hmm. kids they don't look up look at them Mm -hmm. as co-stars I look at them as co-stars you know like with the same respect but you know the other actors will look at them as children as opposed to seeing them as their colleagues because they're there to film like you, that they're being paid to come and work just like you. So, um, you know, I think that this is really but a Alex, big conversation, and we definitely need it around too. What did you say? Alex, Alex Go ahead, just please. remember mm-hmm. that, that I have every assembly, one courageous child, and I say child because it could be a boy or a girl, one courageous child mm-hmm. that comes up, walks to the podium, takes the, because I give the mic up in like seconds, and they take the mic mm-hmm. And in front of assemblies of 2,000 children, say to me, and this is really, really, and maybe you guys can talk about this too, is he or she will say, Gabriela, thank you for caring, but my mom, if I die tomorrow, mm-hmm. is, too, is too busy. Mm-hmm. And I just hug that kid and I say, it's not true. It's not true. Your mm-hmm. parents, see, I need, I need to bring that back into the schools. To the students, your mm-hmm. parents are your biggest allies that these kids have forgotten because sometimes parents also get desensitized by the aches and pains mm-hmm. and the complaints of their children, not just from their job, but from their children. So we need to find a way mm-hmm. to bring that back together. Wow. Absolutely. Frankie, you know, just before we wrap <laughs> well, I know that you have. We could. I know if you leave the three of us, we could go on forever. forever. Um, but okay. I know you. You have. You, <laughs> I thank you, too, I know ladies. You have, I thought it was amazing. I thank you for having me, and I hope during the trail I can come back to both your your radio stations and and just continue the conversation. Maybe we could have short little segments about the children and the adults I meet in the community. And what I just think. sent Bobby an email, so you have my email. Super. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. And hashtag dare to be kind. Got it. Yes. <laughs> That's our movement. Hashtag dare Bye. to be kind. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Kindness only grows more kindness. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Absolutely. Bye. Okay, well, if you just, you know, if you joined us and you've been on this conversation, you've been listening to Gabriella Van Ray, and, you know, she's joining us live all the way from Los Angeles, and, uh, you know, 
uh, myself and Frankie Picasso, we've been chatting with her about, um, you know, just dropping that ball of kindness. Frankie, what do you think? You know, I mean, we had such a great conversation. Oh, wow. I mean, what? I, she's a fireball. She's like a firecracker, you know? She's amazing. <laughs> just amazing. And I, I love her. I, I mean, I fell in love in the first two seconds. So, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's absolutely you know, very, very sweet, and there's nothing. I, I, and I think that you know, it's it's so funny how we underrate, you know, um, kindness in a sense. Like mm-hmm. you, you can feel her. You know, she's really sweet, and that sort of rubs off on you because you know you kind of like. I mean, just the way she talks, and just, and I think that you know, in the bigger picture, is also the way we treat other people when we um, extend, you know, that warmth or whatever it is to people, even when they're not expecting it. It probably can disarm people, you know, like, I feel like there's so much going on in the world today that maybe, and I really wanted to have that conversation with her, but like we said, we'll probably need a round two, you know, just the fact that people use bullying to solve bullying, you're like, you have to bully the bully, and, you know, everyone feels like an eye for an eye, you know, you know, these people don't like us, so we need to go bump them because they don't like us, or because we don't, you know, be assumed they don't like, and so there's not anybody really taking a step back like she says right and just be nice and, and you know look at just little elements like you know when somebody imagine if somebody at a at a gala <laughs> gave you their glass and thought you oh, made no. things I mean what would oh, be this <laughs> I, I, it would actually be you know, pretty be... funny to me but you know what like <laughs> what's interesting about what everything that she said because I was just having this conversation at lunch is that we make big assumptions in the first you know nanosecond of meeting somebody we, we look at their face or we look at something on their body or something and we go I don't like them you know like mm-hmm. you don't even know them you haven't talked to them you know nothing about mm-hmm. them I, I don't like that person how do you know mm-hmm. how do you know you haven't talked to them yet and and so really what Gabrielle is saying give everybody the benefit of the doubt you know, be open to exchanging. And even if you don't like them, you can be kind to them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt you. Exactly. You know, you don't have to be mean to them. You don't have to go out of your way mm-hmm. to hurt them. You can ignore them. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost anything yeah, to do that. You know, and I think that, you know, the work that she's doing with these kids are, like, really amazing. Because the kids are the future, right? I mean, a lot of the people who are doing whatever disastrous things you do right now in the world with, you know, kids at some point who from, you know, their childhood already were sort of desensitized in a sense, right? So I guess, you know, you can't really, maybe, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's the, the, the benefits of this program or this dare to be kind or just even trying to impact the children mm-hmm. who are someday going to be future leaders or future, you know, who are going to take our place, right? That if mm-hmm. we now start sort of, we're, you know, changing their orientation in a sense and how they, you know, pick on others and how they handle being picked on and how that even plays to a lot of things. Like we said, you don't necessarily have to really have been bullied, right? It could just be any other sort of prejudice in a sense. And we experience that every day. I, I know we, we are writing this book and I'm excited about the, the I Bared My Chest. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah. somewhere in it, I, I, I mentioned, you know, something about um, some sort of um, experience that I had in the film industry with, you know, them at some point casting only light-skinned actresses, right? right? Like really light-skinned actresses. Mm-hmm. And I'm not dark-skinned and I'm not light-skinned and I don't even know where <laughs> I 
where you fall on the and skin so spectrum. Were... <laughs> <laughs> on the coffee meter. What are you doing? You don't know where you fall on the you coffee know, meter. I don't know. I don't, you know, so I'm looking at the cup and like, am I caramel or my chocolate milk or my, yeah. you know, I kind of roast yeah. all my honey. <laughs> you know? So I'm not dark stuff. I'm not like dark chocolate. And I'm definitely not, um, what's it called? Like, you know, latte. I don't know cappuccino. what it is. No, it's but I, cappuccino, exactly. So, you know, but it's weird because even though we're Nigerians and not necessarily like, you know, we're not really dealing with the race issues in our community in our country, mm-hmm. right, you still have to deal with ethnicity and tribe. And somebody saying you're Igbo or you're Yoruba, or somebody saying you're not light-skinned enough. Can you imagine another black person telling you you're not light-skinned yeah. enough? and it's like that in <laughs> India, too. To... The caste system in India is exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, because you're treated so, better the lighter your skin. Because they just felt light-skinned women were more beautiful and that they didn't have to waste so much light on them. And it, what that happened is that a lot of actresses started bleaching their skin. You know, oh. so, again, we deal with all of these things. We deal with the same prejudice as someone thinking you're fat, right? Mm-hmm. It could be anything. It could just be, I don't know how many times I've probably worked into that. And I'm not as, you know, as somebody would say, oh, you know, this wouldn't fit you. How do you know it won't fit me? Like, I'm looking at it and thinking it would be my size because I know it's my, like, it's my buddy. I know what is, I know what mm-hmm. I wear, right? But you're just look, assuming already because to you, I'm three times that, even though yeah. you think you know me better than I know myself. So we deal with these issues in so many ways, you know, with, with, there are different ways that we're sort of unkind in our thoughts and our actions and our, you know, treatment of others. I think we just had a great conversation and I can't wait for us to get together again. You know, um, people learn that so at I know home, that we have- right? They learn that at home, Alex, and that's why it's important for these kids and, and people to get it from an, another source, an external source that says, you know what? That's not the only way to act. You can do it this way, too. Uh, yeah, that, you know, because I have that. I deal with it every time, like even with my sister, like, you know, when she's talking to my son and she feels she has to, like, it's not even because it's him and it doesn't matter who it is. And I say to her, if you talk to your child like that and I'm there, I'm going to have a problem with you. Like mm-hmm. you're talking to your own child like that. I'm going to have a problem with you because why do you feel that you're going to achieve more by being mean or nasty mm-hmm. or, you know, aggressive? Like that child doesn't know any better. You're not going to achieve anything by being forceful, by being, you're going to have to find a way. To, and that's the truth. I've noticed that the only, the times that I get more from people mm-hmm. is when I don't think about it and I'm just nice to them. Yeah. Without, you know, like, I think when I get more from people, we're not always like that. I'm not always 100%, you know, we have bad days. But I think that is when I actually achieve more, is when I sometimes hold back, when I sometimes, you know, give it and I'm like, yeah, you know, you act like you don't, like she said, you know, sometimes you're humorous about certain things and not necessarily because it was funny, but you're be nice, right? <laughs> yeah, you're in a good mood. And, and you know, it's perspective, right? It's all perspective. And so if you, and learning to respond instead of react. So when you can learn to, you know, even just count to that 10 and go, oh, I, I better not say that. I'm just going to, you know, watch my words. Because they can't be taken mm-hmm. back. Absolutely. They can't. People will remember Absolutely. forever. Absolutely. <laughs> they might forgive you, but they'll never forget. Well, you know, we've had an awesome talk, and I know that you have to go. Um, Thank you so much for inviting me. Beautiful, amazing. <laughs> 
Well, it was fun having you here because I kind of felt like half of my job was done. Like, it's like, okay, great. I could just, you know, I was having a great conversation just listening to your amazing ladies. I know that you're very, you know, interested in social good, and it was great to have you here uh, join me on the show. I keep forgetting it's 11 so, o'clock for you. Uh, <laughs> right. So you if you had a great, you know, if you listen, if you, oh, yes, I do. And I, you know what? I got messages to read, but I... <laughs> it's late already. So, well, um, till we come back same time next week on The Naked Talk. It's been an amazing uh, conversation. Don't forget that expression is a sign of strength and not weakness. Don't apologize for being who you really are. Uh, I love you for listening. Ciao. Thank you. Bye. It's unscripted. Talk with us.